things coming out of conference. But this one's a simple one, but it, it stands the test of time. The Word of God's eternal. Um, the only thing changes is time, but you can bring that word that was spoken to 20 years ago, 15 years ago, or maybe you're here for the first time, through revelation and the Holy Spirit, it can come alive in your life again. And so this one's really easy. That's the title. Who do you serve? God, or the, I was actually going to say God or Satan, but God or the devil. Someone say God or Satan. There is no middle men. You either serve God or you serve Satan. And so um, I remember coming into the house 20 years ago, and there was a strong, uh, I call it the old school Christian way. And I don't mean Christian as in maybe what you think. Just some old school pillars, old school believers in the church. Um, big ups to you if you've been around God and in God for over 20 years. Let's put our hands together for those people. Because that's a long time. You've had, you've stood the test of time. You have this thing called longevity. Now, for a lot of us that are new, um, one year, five years, whatever, uh, one day you'll be 20 years. You'll be two decades. You'll be uh, a pillar in the house. And so um, this used to be a thing which, which was quite simple back in the day. And it's still relevant today. Who do you serve? Who do you serve? Have a think about that. Who do you serve? Who's your master? Straight away, I'm, straight away I'm thinking about, um, do you know Avengers, the movie? And um, do you know the bit when, is it the Infinity War? One of those ones. It's when Spider-Man gets stuck on that ship and they go into space. And then they get onto that other planet. And it's got the Guardians of the Galaxy there. And then Doctor Strange goes, who is your master? No one watches movies here. Come on, guys. Keep up. Go to the movies. Watch them. Anyway, he, he goes he goes to um, the Star-Lord. I think that's his, na that his name. That's his name, eh? And he goes, who's your master? And he goes, what do you mean? Am I, supposed, am I supposed to say Jesus? What's the point of this? He was actually asking, who do you serve? Turn to your name and go, who do you serve? Rhetorical question. You don't have to answer. Let's go through some wonderful scriptures. Exodus chapter 20. Verse 1 to 3. Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 to 3. Exodus here. Um, it said that Moses wrote this. The Torah, one of the Torah, the five first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And so Exodus, you all know Exodus, the great Exodus. Uh, when God saved the Israelites from being slaves to another master, God shifted it. Someone say, God shifted it. He shifted it for a man um, who was obedient. Let's carry on. So Exodus, we got that? Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 to 3. This is what it reads. Then God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Have we got that scripture? Someone say, no other gods. No. All right. Who is your God? We've got about one, two, Five or six scriptures today. That's a good one there. It's one of the commandments. Um, but basically, that's what God is saying. You shall have no other gods before me. That's enough to say a big fat tutangata right there. Let's go to Matthew chapter 22. These are good scriptures to read. You know, a lot of us don't read the commandments anymore. Eh? A lot of the new ones, they don't know the ten. Do you know the ten commandments? I got you up. Could you rattle them off? Thou shalt not watch TikToks. No, that's not one of them. You know, these are these are these are pillars in the faith. The Old Testament is an irrelevant church. Jesus said He fulfilled it, so we can walk and flow in all of what God has done through history, and that's one of the big ones. That's the first commandment that you shall have no other gods before me. Someone say Amen. Matthew chapter twenty-two, verse thirty-six to thirty-seven. Let's read this. Go to the New Testament in case someone thinks they don't listen to the old one. No one like that in the church, eh? You believe the Bible? Yeah? Someone say, I believe the Bible. That's right. Let's read. Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 to 37. Teacher. So this is Jesus and his in the community at the moment. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Someone say all your heart. 
with all your soul. Someone say, all your soul. And with all your mind. Someone say, my mind. This is the first and great commandment. Got that? Good question. It's actually pretty simple, eh? God wants your heart. He wants your soul. He wants your mind. Can someone invite those fellows in for church, please? They just come and have a look. Everyone's welcome to the house. God wants your heart. He wants your mind. He wants your soul. Someone say, God wants my heart. Turn to your neighbor and go, God's got my heart. And if he hasn't, you have an opportunity for you today. Someone rejoice in that. Amen. Let's read Joshua 24, 15. It's all right, Fano, we're getting going somewhere. Joshua, back to the Old Testament. Deuteronomy, Joshua. These are some good memory verses for you to teach yourself, your children. Tell a little Johnny, a little Tama Tangatahi Kotahi, whatever you've named your John. So try not to say anyone's name. Um, There's a good, there's a good um, beliefs to install in your children. When your children go, Dad, who's our God? You say, you have no other God, son, there's only one. Little Sally or little Sarah, sorry, I've just said your name. Hey, little Johnny, you know. Your daughter, you, you pump that into your children. You help them understand. Pastor, but that sounds like I'm telling them. Yes, it does. Let's read the scripture. Joshua 24, 15, this is what it reads. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell in. But as for me and my house, someone say me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The decisions you make today, we talked about this before conference, eh? these are fundamental principles that you, you want to build your house on these convictions, church. You don't want to build your house on opinion. I like what the apostle said on the weekend. There's no dominion in opinions. But when you get the truth, when you get the word of God, revelation, and the spirit in there, it shifts you. Turn to your name and go, oi. What did you choose? Don't, don't answer. I'm a very provocative preacher. I like to get into your space so that you want to run out of the church. I want to test if you want to stay here. Uh, that doesn't sound nice, eh? It's like, that's not nice, pastor. And sometimes you've got to put your faith to the test. And so let's come back to this. Who will you choose to be your God? Just eye up your neighbor for a second. A lot of eyeing up in our church, eh? What did you learn at church? I was eyeing up my neighbor. <laughs> so who do you choose, church? We choose all the time. Every day we're choosing, making decisions. This morning you made a choice. Am I going to serve God or am I going to choose something else? Am I going to shout for church? Look at those kids. Can you hear them? Sorry, not look. Could you hear them? They're louder than you are. You're allowed to be boisterous in this church. I give you all permission and authority. Just don't speak over me, but I give you all permission and authority to go, yes, pastor. I used to choose really dumb. That's not even a sentence. <laughs> but I'm wiser. And so you know what? Choose for yourself, church. Choose for your family. Choose for your community. Oh, what? Guess what? I've taken authority of all Hawks Bay. I've chosen for them. Is this right? Yeah, okay, you won't choose, I'll choose for you. Oh, that doesn't sound biblical. Well, if you're in my house, you're going to serve the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and go, welcome to pastor's house. <laughs> oh, this is good. Are you feeling agitated? You don't want to go out the same, eh? You didn't come to church just to tickle your ears and get a warm cuddle from pastor. and um, You know, you didn't do that. You came here to hear what God wants to do in your life. You came here because you believe in Christ. You believe in Jesus. And you're like, man, I don't want to do life the same, Lord. So, you know, some of your prayers that you have changed recently, where you stopped praying for things, now you're praying for more challenges. Is that right? You're praying, God, use me. God, I, I, need, I need to hear something. This is a word for you, brother. This is a word for you, sister. You're in a house that loves the Lord. You're a part of a lifestyle that loves Christ. I've already declared it over Hawke's Bay. I've already done it in my house. So now I'm moving out. So guess what happens? When you choose to serve God, as that scripture says, choose for yourself whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
that household there becomes a household, uh, a beacon of light on that street. And then all of a sudden starts to influence the whole street and then the community and then the city and then the region. So your choice is really significant. Turn to them and go, man, you made a good choice. Great choice. Excellent. Have a laugh if you, especially if you know the person next to them, have a laugh. Go, oh, last, yesterday, I didn't know, eh? Oh, but today, good choice. <laughs> Great choice. Oh. Anyway, all right. Sorry, Lord. Amen. John chapter 8, verse 42. There you go, church. John chapter, what did I say? 8, chapter 42. You know, you want to be more excited in this than in a rugby game and watching the All Blacks or watching Israel Adesanya or watching whatever you watch. I'm trying to find John here. John chapter 8. John. Chapter 8, verse 42 to 47. Because why? Why should we get excited about the things of God? Well, this is the things that will change a life. God is God. He wants to. There's more fun in the kingdom. There's more fun in Jesus than there is in the world. We thought, we were told the nightclub's the place to go, but this and that. There's actually 10 times more better fun on this side. But anyway, let's come back to this. John chapter 8, verse 42 to 47. I'll read. And Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Someone say he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? That's interesting. Uh, I'll take a pause there. You know, church, some people may not understand you. That's okay. Pastor, I try and tell my family about Christ and the two tangata and the man of it. They just don't get it. Yeah, they don't. But let's, you, you know, you can help um, communicate and get sharp at how you share that. But let me give you some light on some things. Why do you not understand my speech? Here we go. Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father. Someone say, your father. The devil. What? Is that up there? There we go. Ye are, that's the wrong. Ye are of your father, the devil. Wow, the devil. Someone say the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of, which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? This is Jesus. He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. That's pretty simple, that one, eh? All right. That said some hearty things in there. So you, in a way, when you say, who do you serve? You could actually say, who's your dad? Who's your father? Who's your daddy? Remember that? Who's your daddy? Turn to your neighbor and go, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Oh, oh, he's your dad. Who do you belong to? Oi, who do you belong to? Everyone seen any random kids on the streets? I have. I remember a flex mail was doing a man up. It must have been 9 p.m. And there was three little boys, eight, seven, and nine. They had no T-shirt on. <laughs> okay. I won't say whose kids they were. But um, they were standing there and said, Oi, what are you fellas doing? And they were like trying to do their swag. And so I said, Fellas, you better tell me the truth. I'll kick your little bums. That's what I said to them. Is this right? I said, What? That's abuse. These kids shouldn't be on the street at 9 p.m. with no t shirt on. I'm hot, I'm hot. So have you done drugs, boy? Oh, just a little bit. This little eight year old, seven year old, nine year old, drunk. So I grabbed my knees. Boot, get in my car. I'll take you home. This is what I did. Lucky the cameras weren't on me so I could head up because pastor kicks child <laughs> and flex me. Three children, no t-shirt. What a pastor. Then be like, whoa, pastor's probably touched the kids. That's the, the, you know what I mean? No? Oh, no one thinks like that. Okay, just me. If you heard three children, no t-shirt and a pastor, what do you think? <laughs> What's that pastor up to? <laughs> Destiny shirt. Yep, nah, that's that church. See, why your father, your father is trying to speak to you. 
father of lies. Let's carry on. <laughs> what am I talking about? Who's your dad? I went to these kids, who's your mum and dad? Straight away. Why would I say that? Because they should be getting looked after. How's this, what's this got to do with who do you serve? Who, who's your dad? Who do you belong to? Yeah, you've been running around with no t-shirt on? Late at night? <laughs> yeah? No? No one can relate to that. You've been running around crazy? It may not be no t-shirt on. You've been messing up your life and other people around you? Who's your dad? You have authority to bring those people to the church? I'll take them in a special room we're building at the moment, and they'll come out changed. <laughs> those jokes, jokes for the church. But what are we saying? Who do you serve? Who's your father? Now, who do you belong to? What church do you belong to? That scripture there talks about who your father is. So who do you serve and who is your God can be easily identified by how you are. Don't say it. Show it. Don't tell me you love Jesus. I can see it in your actions. And this is not, a con this is not to condemn you, but to liberate you. Because, I mean, when I came into the house, I had to drop some things. There were some old mindsets that I thought were actually kingdom, but they were far from kingdom, far from God. They were from the pit of hell. So they just had to drop. So sometimes you've got to look at what behavior you're displaying and really face the man in the mirror or the woman in the mirror and go, actually, I'm still heavily perverted. Actually, that's only the reason why I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram. Really, you know what I mean? You've got to look at it. Oh, I'm still in poverty. I'm always saying, I can't. I shut down our potential. You've got to look at these things. We can blame demons all day long, and, and we can deliver you from that, and we'll do that after. But you've got to look at, really, what have you chosen to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? Who do you want to serve? No one, uh, you know, I always um, think about this. No one uh, takes the place of God in my life. No one's worthy. Can I be honest? Nothing else is worthy. Nothing else is worthy of being your God. But, you know, not long ago, 20 years for me now, Drugs and alcohol was my God. Every day I was a faithful follower, faithful tither, giving $500 a week. I was working, but I was spending most of that on that. I was giving to the church. It's called the Kentish in Waoku, the pub, anyway. I was giving to, what's the other one? I forgot the other one. Shooters. Didn't go to Billy's because the only silly people went there. So, hey. Fireman's Arms, yes. Everyone's like, what's that? Don't want to go there. It's not a good church. It's not a congregation of the mighty. Whoa. So is that a man or a woman? Who knows? Anyway, just, I'm just giving you some truth. I want to help you. Is this the right church? I'm here to help you. My job is to help you be awesome because you're amazing. And so I would like have to really investigate in my own life, who's the God of my life? Who's really God of my finances? Who really is? Who do you serve, God or devil, or the devil? Who takes, I like what Pastor Jewel said, your time, your talent, your treasure. That's, that's an indication right there, who is your God? What do you do with your time? Where does it get sown? You know, what do you do with your personality? I read that God wants your what? Heart, soul. Turn to neighbor and go, God wants your soul. God wants your heart. Your soul is your feelings, your, your mental, your mentality. What do you think about? If you could be even sitting in the Word and thinking about what you're going to get up to later. And it could be bad. I don't know. I don't know what you think about. But you really got to look at that because that's what God wants to consume. Now, it's not a, it's, it's not a, you don't lose your life, okay? We always think that, oh, it's God or no life. But in John, it says the enemy, this is Satan, doesn't come. He only comes for a few things. To rob, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He comes to rob you of life, rob you of your finances, rob you of your joy, rob you of your mental health, rob you of your well-being, steal it, destroy it. That, that's the pathway. Okay? And then Christ says this, but I have come that you may have life in abundance. So for me, it's a logical choice. You don't even have to know any of the Bible. Who's got five dollars? Anyone got five dollars on them? Can I? Oh, 20. Got enough. Five dollars. 20. Got five? 
Ah, that, thanks. Let's put our hands together for Shania. Woo! She beat you guys. <laughs> Who's got five dollars? Have you got five dollars? I'll give it back to you. Everyone's like, oh, he's trying to take my money. <laughs> Why would I swap you? Like, honestly, I've got a 50. Who's got a five dollar note? Got a two dollar coin? Who's got a coin? Quickly. Let's use money. Use money. Oh, awesome. Can we come up here? Let's put our hands together for this mighty young man. Oh, you can actually help me. Can you stand here? That's, uh, what's that? We got a 50 cent. Hold that on one hand. Hold that on that hand. Actually, on the left hand. And the 50. Don't take that one. Because I'm. Right. <laughs> Do you know this is the decision that's in front of you? There's so many things that you can get from this. One's a 50 cent lifestyle. Um, you don't have enough in that lifestyle, friend. <laughs> and another's a, it's just, it's just money. It just represents value. Okay? Then you got the $50. What are you going to choose? I'm going to be humble with the 50 cents. <laughs> what the? Yeah. What the? Even your child knows which one to choose. Okay? So that's the decision in front of you. Which one are you going to choose? Can I have my money back? Thank you. Let's put our hands together for um, my good friend there, Arthur. And so that's in front of you every day. There's an opportunity for you right now sitting in the Word. As you hear, you have the, you have the option to mix your faith with the Word and get the $50 out of it or just be casual and hopefully you get something. Does that make sense? It's not even about what I do. It's about your faith. Someone say, who do I serve? And so that scripture there, there's a lot in there. You could study it all day. Um, it talks about lies, the father of lies. So let's get back to our behavior. Someone say behavior. Your behavior tells you who you serve. Okay, it really puts it back in your court because we can easily talk about everyone else, blame everyone else. Uh, oh, it's not me, it's the missus, it's the kids, it's the whomever. It's my uncle, auntie, cousin, it's the dogs, it's whatever, it's a bad day. It's, I know, it's labor. Yeah, apostle said it's labor. You know, you can blame everyone else. And yeah, it is labor. No, I'm, anyway, um, you can do that. But you've got to look back at yourself and go, actually, what's my behavior shown to my children? I'm showing them the God. See, we're all meant to learn the God of our father. God was never meant to be passed on through the church like this. I like what the apostle said on the weekend. God made family before he made the church. Okay? This is our new family now. We've been all adopted. I'm your favorite spiritual dad, other than the apostle. We've got a few uncles in here who, if you're naughty, I'll send you to their room. Okay, no, no one like that analogy. But you've been now adopted into the family of Christ, the body of Christ. But before that, it was family. Some say family. And so we're meant to pass on, well, let me rewind and say it a different way. We all pass on a God. We all pass on a God. We pass on a God of come to church sometimes, sometimes don't. Or we pass on a church no matter what God. We pass on a poor God. Or we pass on a wealthy God. We pass on an unhealthy God. Or, you know, it doesn't look after your health. Or we, or doesn't that look after your health? doesn't look after your health, your mental health, your well-being. You pass on a swearing God or one who knows how to speak. You pass on a, a father or God that loves or one that only shows hate. You either pa you pass on God no matter what. You're passing on to your kids. Anyone ever played sports before? Don't you hate it when someone throws you a dummy pass or, or, or a hospital pass? Who's ever received a hospital? I've, I've Plenty of times I should have scored a try. What does the person inside do? Bust it to the ground. Bro! I said, we could have won. That's the same in your family. Your family could be winning. But today, God has given an opportunity to change it. You can come back 10 times stronger. You can cut it off. Enough of the worst. Enough of the hospital passes. Enough, enough of the throwing it to the ground and um, forward pass. Enough of those things. Don't pass the like that. Don't pass the wrong God on any more church. Hawke's Bay has been messed up because the wrong God's been passed on. The God of you can go to church but still do drugs. Oh, amen. 
It's my empire safe. Oh. You know, no, cut it. Pass on the God that supplies all your need. Pass on the God that gives you joy. Pass on the God that shows you how to do marriage. Pass on the God that shows you how to live not addicted, free. The only thing I'm addicted to is Christ, revelation, and all you awesome people. Yeah, true. I'm addicted to the church. Not any church. They have funny tastes, some other churches. I like this taste. Cool, it feels good. Kicks my bum. Rubs me up the wrong way. Helps me remind me, do I still love Jesus today? Or am I just playing Christian? Pass on the God that you want to see in your children, in your grandchildren. Pass on the God that's full of fire and faith, full of compassion. Pass on a God who's, who knows that all things are possible. I'm a father because I'm under a father that showed me how to live and all things are possible. Because before, all I knew was limits, poverty, state house living, rip off the benefit, rip off whatever, be a criminal, be a thief, be a scoundrel, be like the devil. You know? We all know that, eh? Yeah. Turn to your name and go, you know. <laughs> you know, brother, I've seen you. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. This is terrible. Let's pray for the pastor. No. So all those things we can change. Don't pass on the God where the God sins all the time. Justifies the sin. Justifies gossiping. Justifies rebellion. Um, not even justifies, glorifies it. Pushes it down. Now you don't have to listen to anyone, just you and Jesus. Cut that out. That's the wrong Jesus. Anyway, someone say amen. That's a fun, fun little flow there. Isaiah chapter... 59, Isaiah chapter 59, this is the reason why it's hard, one of them anyway, Isaiah 59, chapter 2, should we bring it up, chapter 2, bit of a read here, 59 chapter 2, I'll read it. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. I want to read the rest. Your iniquities have separated you from God and your sins have hidden his face from you. Do you know you're meant to have a wonderful relationship with God? God wants to have a wonderful relationship with you. Sin separates us from what God wants us to do. Okay, there's the accidental sin, that's an accident. But then there's intentional sin. You're intentionally rebelling. You're intentionally not agreeing with the word. You're intentionally not aligning to the apostle. You're intentionally not aligning to the pastor. But you make sure, you know, they're on, they're in the flow. You're rebelling. You're sinning against yourself. You're sinning against God and the Holy Spirit. These are the things that mess with um, who you choose as your God. What happens is, and that that's affects what, what we just talked about, what you pass on. If you make sin normal, it blurs your ability to hear God. So you've got to quickly realign. You've got to realign to God, realign to... That's why God puts delegated authority. Because it would be so easy if all of you could just go out there, you and Jesus. But it will be messed up. Because that's what we've had in the past. That's what's happened. Nobody wants to submit to the man of God. Nobody wants to submit, submit to the authority of God. And we open ourselves to sin when we rebel. When we know to do right and do wrong, that's rebellion. Anyone here had a child that you tell little Johnny, don't do that, and then they know not to do it and they do it? You love them, though. That God's, this is not, um, you don't hold grudges. God's not a God that holds grudges. But you realign them. Poor little child, you know, don't touch the heater, it's sore. I'm going to touch the heater. Don't touch the heater, it's sore. I'm going to touch the heater. Touch the heater then. So, so, hey, why don't you tell me? I didn't tell you. You're rebellious. Touch it again. Oh. <laughs> Let's come back to this. And so when you, when you don't um, take authority over your decisions, 
and you constantly live in a lifestyle of iniquity, it's a beautiful scripture, eh? But your iniquities have separated you from God. But God says he'll never leave you nor forsake you, and he doesn't. But when you rebel, you open yourself up to the curse. You open yourself up to a lifestyle of the devil, lifestyle of Satan. It's the devil. Your sins have hidden his face from you. But you know what? Christ has given us the ability to be forgiven of our sin. He forgave our sins, washed them away. So don't let any mountain of sin build up so big you can't get your life right. I'll say that again. Don't make a mountain out of your sins. But at the same time, don't be in denial and go, no, I just sinned. Oh, it's all good. Jesus loves me. You've got to turn your life around. That's why in the beginning, we all had to repeat. We had to turn from our old lifestyle. You know what I mean? That's the way to realign you. Isn't it awesome living conscious free? Nothing on your conscience. You ever live like that? That's those things. The small accounts with God. Every day, Lord, I'm sorry I blew it yesterday. But today, let's go. I believe again. I still believe, Father. You give me grace. He gives you grace. You love me. You gave your only, your firstborn son for me so I could walk in freedom all the days of my life. And so you can choose to be like that every day, church. You don't have to be um, bound down by heaviness, bound down by guilt, condemnation. Poor me, which opens you up to heaviness. I might as well kill myself. I'm worthless. All that sort of thinking is thinking, demonic thinking. And so uh, try not to sin if you can. Try not to sin. Sin no more. Jesus said that. Sin no more. Turn to Naomi and go, just like that. Exercise your face muscles. Sometimes, eh, your face goes to sleep in church. And you're like, oh, this is like I haven't blinked for ages. <laughs> no? Oh, too focused on Anyway. All right. James chapter 4, verse 7. Let's go to the scripture here. James. Do you know James? James John. I already know it off by heart, but there it is. Okay, it's not up there. Let's pray for the tech person in the name of Jesus. James. Okay. Did it change? Oh, amen. Submit yourselves. Okay, this is a different verse. Oh, there we go. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Someone say, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. That's a master key right there. Submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Just keep saying that. Submit to God, resist the devil. Go home today. Church, have a little church meeting in your house with your family. Church, have a look at your kids. Looking, what? We're the church. Submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee. That's a big answer right there. Can someone tell our government? <laughs> Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. That's the answer. Uh, you can catch that in the spirit. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. <clears throat> Submit to God. That is the answer. When I came back to New Zealand seven years ago, a couple of weeks ago now, seven years, can I have that um, vitamin drink? I like that one better. When I came back seven years ago, um, Holy Spirit pulled me aside. Thank you, sir. And um, we were, uh, do you know where the lookout is? It's called Titi Okura. No one knows. It's where they got those new um, wind farms. Napier Topol Road? Yeah, yeah. Holy Spirit pulled over, pulled over to the left. And I saw all, and, he's, and the Holy Spirit looked to the left. He's like, don't go left, Pastor, from the conference. No, never mind. No one's aware. Okay. <laughs> Look to the left. Interesting, eh? He's left. Thinking about it now. Look to the left. There were sheep over there scattered. Sheep all over this farm. <clears throat> Holy Spirit straight away reminded me of the scriptures and what Jesus said. When you strike the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. And so these sheep had no shepherd. They do. They have a farmer, but they were just running around loose, doing their own thing. And I was reminded of churches in the past that have been um, struck with a rebellious shepherd. Got that? And I saw that, I went, I'm not going to be one of those guys. No way. I'm not going to be rebellious. I'm not going to be 
um, unteachable. I'm not going to be, um, you know, too prideful that I'm not humble. Got that? I'm just sharing you with my, my own <coughs> thoughts. And so I went, Lord, this is when I first came to Hawke's Bay. And I hadn't been here for a while. And I said, Lord, I'm, I know the problems in Hawke's Bay. I know the air of rebellion here. The, the expression of rebellion is in the gangs. Pride, haughty, you know, pro- stubbornness, witchcraft, all these things. And the answer for that is submit. Someone say submit. That's why everyone should do jujitsu. Just a jujitsu plug. To submit. <laughs> you got to submit. And so I made a decision in my heart. said, Lord, I will submit to my apostle like I never have before. I will submit to the delegated authority like I never have before. Why? It's for my own protection. When you move yourself out out of submission, out of the lines of authority, it opens the doors, the windows. Heck, it knocks the doors down of protection, the walls down. Demons just have free reign over you. And that's what's happened in our region. There's too many rebellious Christians, too many rebellious pastors, too many leaders that think everything, they know everything, and they mess up their life and everyone else's life. And so submission, you want to make that your bread and butter. If you can submit, God can use you. If you can submit, you can you qualify for doing big things in your family. If you can submit to God, that he will use you to do mighty things in this land. He will change your financial future if you could just submit. There are levels of submission. There are levels. There's a kind of a submission. You know that one? I kind of submit. Then I don't. <laughs> you think it's funny. It is funny, actually, watching your life go up and down. Roller coaster. Yeah, Christians have a roller coaster ride in life, largely because they don't submit. You know what I'm talking about, eh? When the pastor says, get your life in order, and you go, no, that's not submitting. <laughs> I don't want to listen to you. That's not submitting. I just need my Bible. Get your Bible and just, no, no, no. Repent. No. <laughs> Everyone that said that to me, I wish I had a Bible and threw it to them. <laughs> Someone say submit. You want to go high in God, that's the key. Because God has to trust someone who will be regulated. God will not trust you with wealth, finance, if you can't submit. This is, man, this should be like, we should do a whole conference on submission, eh? Should we do a conference, a submission conference? We should do that, eh? Invite everyone. Come. The keys to your future. What is it, brother? Is it a two-tongue pitch? No, it's this wonderful word. Submit. Apostle said it like this. Extreme obedience. Oh, we like that, eh? We don't like submit. You know, there's this hat and this brand. It's called submit. Have you seen it? Oh, people don't even know what that means. Obey. Obey. Oh, this is a great word. Because if you don't obey, you open yourself up to rebellion. This sounds like control. Yes. You should control your future. Control yourself. What, what father or mother doesn't want to help their children have the best start in life with the blessing of God? Only an evil mum and dad will let them have free reign. Loose. Apostle said this. Abraham, uh, it's in the Bible. It's actually in Genesis. It talks about God talks about Abraham commanding his household. Choose for you and your household, church, whom is your God. And do not be ashamed of him. Yes, we may have come into Christianity of Christ and the church not perfect. That's okay. You can start again. You can repent. You can turn. You can start again. It's totally fine. Turn to your neighbor. High five them. Go, you can start again. It is okay. It is okay. It doesn't go. I love that song. Do you like that last song we sung? Oh, second to last song. I like the last song too. Let's put our hands together for Tarangi Mari. She wrote those those last two songs. Can I can I talk about Jesus? This is my baby sister. And in my family, rebellion is strong. <laughs> Woo! Even in the Lord. Oh, even in the Lord. Doesn't matter if you've got Apostle Brian Tamaki in front of your name. 
when rebellion kicks in, I'm not listening to you. <laughs> this, is this right? No. Everyone's judging me. I'm telling, is this, I'm telling you the truth. Heck, you're all doing it. I don't care, bro. Oh, anyway, I'll talk about my sister. So my sister, me, my brothers, we all got passed on the God of whatever you think in rebellion. <laughs> that was our God. Stubborn, don't listen to anyone. Uh, fatherlessness issues, poverty, jealousy, hurt, anger, hurt, anger, and more anger. That was the God that was pushed into our life. Um, and nothing against mum and dad. They just didn't do their job or they did what they could do. But it's not about that. It's about my decisions. It's about your decisions. And so we were struggle. So we always were quite headstrong. Headstrong's okay if it's submitted. If headstrong rules you more than wisdom and God, you got to sort that out. Uh, it becomes stubborn. It could be a stumbling block for you, which means when you walk, you always fall over. The Bible says um, pride comes before a fall. Anyway, um, so growing up, we were all prideful, eh? Prideful ass. Everyone knew better than everyone. I don't even know why. We knew nothing. We just knew better. And that became a lifestyle in our family. It ruined our family. And we're still, even in the Lord, we've all been in the Lord now. I've been in 20 years. How long have you been? 12. Ah, oh, that's ages 12. 12 and the rest. It's taken 12 years to still get us healed. To be able to have Christmases together. What? Is this right? No, I can't share. It takes time, man. Because no one wants to submit. Trust me, I've tried to submit my siblings. Many times. In my past role and even as a brother. But it's not about me submitting. It comes back to the decision where you, where the, sorry, the point where what are you choosing, you know? And so if you're trying to save your family and this and that, you better make sure that you're submitted so that you can help them. Because I can't force that on myself. I did try heaps. Trust me, I tried heaps. <laughs> try to force, try to bribe them, try to tell them I'll give them some money. Didn't work. Um, but then I had to just let them alone with God, and hopefully they got the revelation. Have they gotten it? I don't even know. Does it matter? You just keep staying submitted. You just keep going. And now I can see my, my next generation. Man, they're living, hey, they're living a life we only dreamed of. My children and my nieces and nephews. They can, we have family outings where there's no drugs and alcohol. Well, a lot of us in here say, hey, that's been like that for years. Where there's no weird uncle and weird auntie and no one has issues. I mean, we still have issues, but we've learned to be honorable and protect. What am I saying this for? I don't know. Maybe there's things we need to work on. Takes time, eh? Takes time. I've got five minutes. All right. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. This is what it reads. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Chapter 7, verse 14. Oh, here we go. Yeah. If my people, someone say my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Awesome. All right. Yeah. God hears you guys. But he says that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, come out of pride, come out of rebellion, come out of demonic influence, come out of darkness, come out of dark thinking, um, because it's only by God's grace you're still alive. So that means you have time to change. You have time to turn it around. You have time to demonstrate now some of the best days for your children. You know, you have time to reverse the curse. And, um, you know, we can all, look, this is not a new revelation, um, but it's so important that we, you know, if you've been around for long or, you, you know, you get used to the, I suppose, the, the church talk and the church jargon and what we do and this and that, you can render this powerless where you're too familiar with it, where you're too busy thinking of the four books and you don't forget the fundamental things of just loving God with all your heart. Do you love God? And so that is it, church. Turn from our wicked ways. 
that's awesome. I love God, eh? He gives us 77 times 7 chances. He gives us the opportunity to start again. He gives us the ability to wash away um, all the stuff we've just wrecked in our life and then begin afresh, begin new. Now, I know coming out of the, the conference, right, Mighty Nation, this and that, the best, you know, God had to wipe out and start afresh with Abraham. He had to, because why? The sin got too much. It got too much. He, he didn't want to build that race anymore. He wanted to build a faith race. He wanted to build a, and faith is obedience. He wanted to build a race, a mighty nation of obedience. Obedience brings blessing. Obedience brings abundance. It brings your um, calling into fruition. Rebellion will stop it. Rebellion will cut off your potential. Not being submitted will take you out even. I was thinking about Satan. He rebelled so much he got kicked out of heaven. Wow. Not that I'm saying you're going to get kicked out of heaven. I don't know, but I know Satan got kicked out because of his rebellion. His rebellion. But, um, you know, church, God wants to use you. You know, I hope you get that from the word and, and you understand that God wants to, um, he wants to consume your heart. He wants to be all in your soul. He wants to help you. The best decision I ever made was giving my heart to the Lord and marrying my wife. Great decision. Being planted in the house of destiny. Another big, great decision. Under Apostle Brian Tamaki. Best, those are my top four. Is that four? Four, yeah, four best decisions in my life. From those decisions, stemmed forth 20 plus years of blessing and change in my life. I didn't do any studies. I should have, but I didn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They're decisions that are going to be game changers in your life. Christ is one. Apostles, another one. Getting married and being planted in the church. Amen. All right. So who do you serve? Pastor, you need to come and do this for the marae and da-da-da-da. Sorry, I'm busy. You'll be a great leader. Really, I'm being very nice. I'm not telling them the truth. I'm telling them because they won't understand. Because really what I want to say is I'm too busy serving God and the cause that he has for me. So only thing, the things that I get into must serve the God that I serve. So it filters out all my decisions. Do you want to come play a league? Oh, I'd love to. I'll smash all you fellas, but I can't. <laughs> all right, babe, can I play league? No. Oh, I'll pray for you. I miss playing league. Anyway, all the accidental head highs, great. Oh, sorry, if you play against me, I'm going to cheat. I'm still serving. <laughs> okay. It's a joke. God wants me to win. No. Okay, wife, wife's looking at me. Awesome. Look at your neighbor and go, that was great. All right. Okay, that's us. That was great. So who do you serve? Who, when people look at Destiny Church, Hawks Bay, Iwi Tapu, they see the God you serve. And I get, I get so much um, uh, remarks uh, of adoration for you guys. Some of the pastors and other leaders say, man, I see your church. Oh, that guy there, this guy. I say, oh, how do you know them? I only know them through what I see online. And what I see is they're passionate about the things of God. Oh, they're moving a man up. They're doing this and that. You know, and they actually say to me, you're doing a great job. And I go, oh, thank you. Inside, I'm going, oh, that was hard work. Oh, <laughs> Who did you say? Oh, what? <laughs> oh. It is working, Lord. <laughs> oh, you should have seen him six months ago. Oh, no. No, no, no. We're all humans, eh? But we carry God in us. <laughs> so we're humans with God. And so, um, you know what, church? You can start again. Make a decision today. Whom you're going to serve. If you want to lift your levels up, lift them up. Take it as high as you can. Get rid of the stuff. Get rid of the sin. Get rid of anything that's trying to take out your potential in Christ, in God. Because this is the life. This is the life. Okay? This is the life. Someone say, this is the life. Oh, uh, you're probably like, oh, yeah, I've had other. The only, when you, when you, the more you obey in God, the more you get to experience of him. And there's far more in God than what the world has for you. Amen.
All right, that's us. Let's stand to our feet. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, you know, um, this is a good chance, really, to start again, start fresh, a new beginning. Maybe there is some demonic thing still holding you back. Maybe there are, cool, you know what I'm talking about? I'm going to give an opportunity for prayer this morning. You know, I've been fasting this week and praying for you guys and praying for our church and trying to push and pull from God to show me their future, Lord, so I can help them. Help me be better for our people. You know, really paying the price and, um, you know, we're here today. But really, it's about you being all that God has called you to be. Yes, we have a political mission. It's a kingdom mission. Yes, unfortunately, we have to do that because demons have been left unchecked in our political system. And it's not the system, it's in the people. Demons can have no expression unless they have a body. And so what we're talking about, this is a real thing. We're always going to face this. Okay, this is an, I said it's a timeless message. When you go out, sorry, I'm talking, this is coming. When you, when you go out, when you speak, what spirit's coming through you? God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the DNA, or is it demonic? Curse, do you know what a curse word is? It's a, you're cursing. It's a demonic thing. People are flip, so flippant with their words. They think it's normal. You have made living in demons so normal. Swearing is normal. You might as well Satan's coming out of your mouth. It's a spirit of profanity. It's a spirit of perversion. It's twisted your tongue. And you kiss your mum with the tongue. Okay, not the tongue, but the lips. Yeah, please, no one. Sorry. That was terrible. That was terrible, eh? You lick your ice cream with that tongue. <laughs> okay, is that pulled it back? Anyway, everyone say demons. See? <laughs> demons. They're messing up your life. They're messing, they're messing up your life. They mess up the church life. They mess up the expansion of the kingdom. It's the reason why you're not even flourishing to where you should be. But it's okay. You can start again. But you have to get to a point in life where you stop starting again. You don't want to be 45 and starting again. But you can be. Okay? You can hear what I'm saying? If you've been in Christ, I've been in Christ since I was 20. I don't want to get to 40 and keep starting again. I should be progressing. But again, Satan's influence on people's lives hold them back. So I'm going to open up the altar if you want prayer. Come up. If there's things that you need to be set free from, come up. If there's old mindsets that just won't break, come up. And I'll pray for you. That's what we'll do. We'll do that right now. Everyone else, the leaders in the church, pray in tongues.